Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Gary Styers. Gary has 32 years of firefighting experience with 28 of those being career. Some of his accolades include Captain with the Louisville Fire Department and East Lincoln Fire Department, Assistant Chief for 10 years with South Idaho Fire Department, a Fire Investigator with the Charlotte Fire Department, the Fire Marshal rank positions within Mooresville, Statesville, and Forsyth, along with a canine handler for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and most recently named Fire Chief for the Clemens Fire Department in North Carolina. Gary has a wealth of knowledge within the fire service field and investigations. With that being said, I present Mr. Gary Styers. All right, my name is Gary Styers, and I guess my story of getting in the fire service is, is much like everyone else's uh, with a few twists and turns. But basically, as a, a three, four-year-old, uh, my dad joined a local volunteer fire department. And from there, uh, obviously, I chased fire trucks uh, when I was a kid. And uh, lucky for me, a neighboring fire department, not my dad's, but a neighboring fire department had a junior cadet program where you could start it at 15. And uh, probably like most folks, starting at 15 probably kept me out of a lot of trouble because there were some really good mentors, father-type figures there uh, that guided us and, and kind of you know, kept us out of trouble because right. uh, we hung around the fire station quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, trying to get in through the fire service, you know, I started volunteering at an early age, enjoyed it, um, you know, really kind of like most everyone else figured out that it, it was really fun volunteering and not getting a paycheck. So why not get a paycheck for it? And uh, so started from there, um, got hired you know, pretty early, 19 years old when I got hired. Uh, first captain, you know, I was driving for him and he made the remark that uh, he, he had a son older than, older than uh, me and he would prefer that he get back home safely so he could see. Him. Uh, so, you know, give us some mentorship there as we were driving, but uh you sort of started out that way. Uh, you, you know, those folks at the volunteer fire department that encouraged us, uh, you definitely encouraged me to go get you know, some advanced education, a two year degree at that time. And then you know, furthered that, uh, got hired, uh, sort of moved through the ranks. And as I kind of figured out over time that my great uncle actually started that volunteer fire department where my dad started. So you know, sort of the multi-generation thing, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sort of coming back in full circle and you know, over time in my career, I uh, got to, you know, at this point where I'm you know, 32 years in, uh, based on my volunteer experience, career experience, uh, about 28 years career experience now. Um, I've had a lot of opportunity, a lot of different things, um, you, you know, moving to different organizations. Uh, I wouldn't suggest that because it's a little rough on the on the furniture. <laughs> uh, but uh, over time, it has given me the opportunity to, to do some things that you know, I probably wouldn't have wouldn't been able to do. Uh, so my career's been pretty neat. I've, I've enjoyed it. Looking back on it, you know, have no regrets on on the moves because every move was was very interesting. And and at a time in my life, you know, it made me a better uh, person. You know, better uh, firefighter. You know, better officer. You know, each little step kind of propelled me into the next step and into you know, where I am currently, where I'm the 
fire chief of the Clemens Fire Department here in Clemens, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, so for those that don't know, can you explain a little bit about Clemens? How many stations, uh, uh, your population call volume? Right. So we're, we're kind of a smaller department, uh, which is good at this point in my career. But uh, so kind of a smaller department, um, you know, about 30,000 population. Uh, we have two stations uh, purchased, uh, an area, a land and some things to go along with that for the third station and definitely have that need already. Um, run call volume about 2000, you know, pretty steady like everybody else with uh, you know, 60% medical rest. Mm-hmm. You know, fire related fire alarms and, and the such. Um, you know, we, we have a, a pretty congested area with traffic, so a lot of bump ups is, is what we run through. Uh, major you know, kind of infrastructure is, is in our area, a bunch of schools. Um, we're actually uh, not, a, not necessarily a bedroom community, but a smaller community to Winston Salem. We're, we're between Winston Salem and the Statesville area on I 40. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have uh, quite a bit of I 40. Uh, to our, our county line that borders us, the Yakin River, that area. Um, a lot of interesting things, uh, a lot of food manufacturing um, uh, elements here in, in our in our in our small area, which is uh, brings a lot of interesting things to us. Um, we do have uh, you know some of our water treatment plants, so it, it's it's kind of an interesting little area and what we get to deal with. Um, obviously 40 brings you know, quite a bit of interesting things coming up right. and down the road. Right. Um, but, um, you know, just a, 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 you know, kind of community, community feel combination apartment where, um, you know, we have eight on a shift and a mm-hmm. uh, total of, um, uh, 26 paid employees and then the rest are supplemented by volunteer. Uh, so just that kind of basic, uh, combination apartment with that community home feel where, a lot of folks are from the community, have worked here. Even a lot of folks that we've hired over time and worked for us were junior cadets at one time and have worked their way through our system. Uh, so it's a really neat uh, little community feel fire department that um, you know stays pretty busy. We're as far as combination departments in Forsyth County, North Carolina. We we are the busiest in the county okay. uh, and one of the bigger um, bases as far as you know, population and, and kind of hub for Winston Salem where most most folks live and work okay um now as far as your mutual aid companies or mutual aid departments um if if clemens were to get a first due structure fire how long are your guys on scene you know trying to do work before the next apparatus arrives oh yeah that's what's that's what's so interesting so in my career you know i've been about half and half for about 15 years in municipalities 15 in, in a county uh, setting where before this position, I was a county fire marshal in this county. Um, it is not like municipal world, um, okay. and it is challenging. And, and and I will bet you know as as battalion chiefs and chief officers in, in municipal type atmospheres, you know you have companies roll up typically within four minutes, eight minutes. Mm-hmm. You, you know they're kind of spaced out pretty good. You can give assignments. Uh, you, you can kind of have some predetermined things going on. Uh, you know, with first do, second do, and and how they arrive, you know, ladder companies, how they're arriving. Well, in the combination world, in, in quite a few fire departments across the United States, especially North Carolina, especially in Forsyth County, uh, we're not that way. Uh, you know, we have eight on a shift, uh, so that is, you know, quite 
half of uh right, you know, the effective right. firefighting force yeah so a lot of times it's um you know as far as me as chief you know it's more of a working command situation so we can get set up it's kind of an all hands and it's um where you know depending on what what priorities come at you from the incident you've got to make your assignments based on those and then as companies arrive and we do have good mutual aid partners mm-hmm. uh, they do have paid staff uh, there still is some volunteerism around our county um, actually invests in staffing where they have county trucks that provide staffing to us. Uh, so when we arrive, it, it's a lot of uh, not predetermined, not you right. know, crisp assignments, uh, because as they arrive, you, you've sort of got to make those up. You, you know, we've got to be pretty tight on um, you know, our manpower pools and staging so we can come, get people together, make crews and then make assignments. Uh, so it's kind of a different atmosphere, but a, but an atmosphere that's around you know quite a few places that that's just how they function. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know our mutual aid does get here pretty quickly. We do uh, have increased increase sort of our alarm assignments because volunteerism and the unfortunate part about volunteerism, you don't know when folks are around. Right. And so uh, you know to sort of get that first five minute, you know, you sort of shot. You know, you sort of got to load your alarm assignment. Uh, you know, our typical structure fires, we may go, you know, four and five departments deep just to get the manpower. Um, you know, on our last structure fire, we you know, worked with 55 people uh, over the time of the incident. It was a mm-hmm. very significant fire, wind-driven fire, um, you know, where we just had to get that number there. And we ended up, you know, dipping all the way into Winston-Salem. And so, um, Side County is not unique. It's like most everywhere else. Every you know, all of us are trying to figure out how to share resources to right. to to go to work and and get the job done. And you know, unfortunately, you know, in some cases with most departments, you're having to add a ton of resources just to get get the get the manpower, you know, the staffing, you know, the personnel on the scene to to tackle what you need to tackle. Okay. All right. Now I, I can say you are the second, my second uh, chief on this show. Um, so thank you. And uh, with that being said, going into the next question, seeing how you are chief now, what do you envision the culture and regarding pride and training to be within your department? Like, what are you trying to perform over at Clemens? Right. So, you know, first things first is, um, you know, and there are great public speakers on this with, you know, Chief Lasky and Chief Saka, who, you know, I've um, had the pleasure of meeting. But it it boils down to making sure that the folks, the troops, um, are invested in the organization, that. You know, truly, if you look at the back of a fire coat, and I don't know who said the phrase, and I, I, I don't know if I've stole it or borrowed it. I'll say borrowed because that's a less legal term. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, the top of the coat has the name of the organization. At the bottom is, is that person. And that person's name, you know, it's kind of a, if you think about it, we're supporting that organization. Mm-hmm. And the name across the back is, um, you, you know, where the organization is at the top is a whole lot more important than the one at the bottom. But we're all supporting that organization and the folks that have gone before us. And, oh, by the way, the one at the bottom is on there with Velcro. So it right. can't be replaced over time. <laughs> right. Um, you, you know, so we're doing our part. But as far as culture, um, you know, getting the folks invested 
you know, whether it's a policy, you know, putting that out for bottom up review to get input. Now, at the end of the day, the fire chief, the chief officers, you know, the, the buck and the decision stop with that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting input, allowing folks to, to take ownership in the department is is a key thing. But then encouraging it. Uh, in other words, hey, you know, you got to live here for 24 hours. Does, does your vehicle look look like that? You know, does it have mud all over it or, or take pride in, in you know, the tools? Are they clean? Are they, are they painted? Are they, do they look sharp and are they ready to perform for you? Because mm-hmm. uh, they are going to perform for you uh, and your crews. Uh, you know, the trucks is an image of that organization. Remember, that organization is across the top of the fire coat, not at the bottom. Uh, the station and how it looks. Um, you know, taking pride in, um, you, you know, how you're presenting yourself to the public. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's like uh, like playing golf. If you look like a golfer, you know, when you show up, you, you know, you might be okay. You might be able to play some golf. Right. Uh, but, it, you know, as our citizens, as we respond to those folks, um, it, you know, if you look, if you're looking, having a good time and doing what you love to do, um, there's a piece that comes across that person that's in need that has called 911. And so kind of what we've done, you know, here at Clemens, which Clemens is, is, and I'll, and I'll tell you a little bit something about culture as I've thought about this. Culture is, is interesting. Um, each department is different. Each station is different. Each shift is different. Each, um, you know, officer's group is different. The training academy, you, you, if you have a training academy and you, 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 you know, some people trade out, it just changes the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very interesting to watch, you know, in some of my chief's positions, uh, you know, some of the folks have come to us and said, Hey, all three shifts are kind of different. We need to kind of make sure they're all the same. Not going to do it. You know, the reason being is um, we all have our personalities. We all have our things that we're going to do. And a little bit of that is culture and pride that, you know, one shift uh, loves to train, um, the other shifts that may rub off onto them or, um, you know, there may be a, a standard set that, Hey, that's pretty good. Uh, let's, let's see if the other shifts can chase it, but everybody has their own personality. Everybody has their own culture and it all boils all the way down, even in the larger departments, all the way to that, you know, individual company even. Uh, so it's very important, but to getting back to the Clemens, what's, what's very interesting here that I'm very proud of is, um, Literally, you know, I can come to the fire station at, at night or when I leave the office late and there's no TV turned on. Really, there's nobody in a phone. They may be all outside at the picnic table hanging out talking. Okay. Uh, they may be out in the bay uh, you know, sitting in a chair just talking. Um, it, it's interesting how together and, and, and truly family and community based they really are. So my goal is not to screw that up <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, try to do things that encourage that because I think it's so important. You, you know, I've had officers come to me where, um, you know, couldn't quite get, get along with a firefighter because maybe the age difference or cultural differences, mm-hmm. maybe it's, uh, you know, the captain is uh, used to reading the newspaper to get his information. Well, today's generation, uh, not so much. I mean, if we want to figure out a question, we ask, you know, ask Siri or Google or whatever. Right, right. Um, you know, so understanding each other is, is sort of cultural. But 
Uh, culture is very important. Pride in your organization. Um, and I think it makes a stronger bond with everybody. You, you want to take care of the shift after you, the shift before you, and you don't want to let folks down. You don't want to give that next shift an empty truck, no fuel, mm-hmm. and dirty, unless it was 3 o'clock in the morning and that's just what you had to do, and then you feel bad about it. Um, right. You know, it's kind of taking care of each other. But culture is a, a very unique thing. You know, I've seen it go the opposite way, and, and sometimes it, it it's a 10 to 15 year thing before you fix it. Um, and, and it really starts, um, you know, at the chief level, but at the officer level. And, and I will say, you know, probably the most important person in, in the, in the world of the fire services, as far as officers are those captains, uh, they sort of set the tone, uh, or they do set the tone, in, you know, for cultural things and, and really drive home, you know, the importance of, of the fire service, um, and really set the tone for that crew and kind of for the whole organization, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well said for sure. Like you said, nothing, nothing, it, it, nothing happens overnight. You can't just get into an organization and be like, all right, we're going to change this and snap yeah. your fingers. And by next shift, everything is, I mean, it takes time to do that and you need to get buy-in from your, uh, from your, Absolutely. Your, your leaders and employers there. So totally get it. Um, what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving the job? You know, so now, um, you know, what's interesting to me is years ago, I asked a chief that was, you know, sort of at, you know, on the downhill slide of their career and, you know, same question, Hey chief, what, what, what's fun for you now? And, and Mm -hmm. obviously going, going and doing work is fun for everybody because it's the challenge and, and meeting the challenge of being able to perform that that's always going to be fun to, to all of us. Right. But what's interesting now, and, and I asked that chief that, and he, he responded and I didn't understand it then, but he basically said, you know, watching firefighters grow. And so now I find myself, cause I'm about in the same point in my career as he was that it's awesome to watch a new firefighter get trained, learn the skill set, and, and especially in our role now, sit back and watch them perform that skill set flawlessly or, mm-hmm. or perform at an even higher level than what you even expected. Um, that's kind of what motivates me now is, is watching that growth. Um, you know, it's one of the couple things that motivate me, but, but watching firefighters grow, learn, do, and perform at that high level. Um, and the part of that, that my impact is, is giving them the tools to do that, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as a chief, um, you know, what do they need? Do they need, you know, less crap, you know, as far as pre-incident surveys, turning hydrants, hose tests, and all right, we're going to set that aside, folks. We're going to go train. We're going to go pull hose. We're going to go throw ladders. Um, Hey, by the way, you know, we saw this and and really have never come across that event, you know, because Facebook's, you know, Facebook and the internet is the greatest thing ever. You know, back when I was riding a fire truck, you know, we had two or three books on the shelf and we had to peel through them to kind of come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, you know, it's there for you and you can see an incident. Wow. Never thought that would happen. Right. Uh, let's see if we can replicate that somehow. And, and <laughs> well, how would we tackle that? Right. Um, but yeah, what's important is, you know, seeing that growth, but me as a chief and the chief officer being able to, to ensure that that can happen. Um, and that's what the other part that motivates me is 
seeing issues, correcting them, and then watching the change be better for the organization. Um, you know, so that people can grow and perform when it's when it's go time. Um, you know, that's that's what's important. Um, you, you know, no chief wants that phone call where, hey, we had this scenario and and could figure out a crank a chainsaw. You know, something right. as basic as that. Um, you know, or we just could not defeat it, and we just stood there with our hands in our pockets. Or, um, you know, someone was filming something, and you know, uh, called us being really slow and sluggish, and it looks bad. And then, mm-hmm. then we end up on on websites, and you know, we get to be uh, get to be comment targets. But uh, right. you know, nobody wants that. So you know, that's kind of where I'm at in my career is, you know, taking care of the troops. Um, you know, which kind of leads me to another thing, um, from a chief's perspective, and I know as a firefighter, you know, thinking back of my days as, as being a firefighter and, and trying to stay grounded in that, um, fire chiefs need reassurance as well. Oh, absolutely. That sounds weird. No, nope, no, I weird. totally get it. But where I'm coming from is, you know, you'll hear chiefs that say, I'm tired. Well, it ain't because they stayed up all night last night uh, or ran a call or it may be ran a call, but they're tired of fighting the good fight. Um, and I, I don't know if we'll go into this, but, you know, I can't tell you, you know, how many budgets I've submitted. I'm, I'm well up mm-hmm. into the 20 or 30, 20, 26 budgets now. I can't remember the number, but quite a few budgets I've submitted and set across the table from city managers, budget managers, budget analysts, uh, all kinds of names. And they, you know, they've got a big, you know, they've got one pot of money and Mm -hmm. and all of us people that are department heads are coming to bite up piece of that piece of pie of the money. Right. And when you're fighting the good fight as a fire chief, you know, you come in there, I need two fire trucks. Okay, cool. But transportation or streets needs two pavers. Uh, So your fire trucks really can't roll down the road unless the streets are paved. Right. So which should I buy first? Mm-hmm. Uh, the fire trucks <laughs> right so you know it's um it's very interesting that you know chiefs get they get tired and it, it's not because of the um you know doing the job well it is doing the job but it's it's the fight that every day that sometimes you have to put up every single day right whether it be for staffing whether it be for trucks or trying to replace equipment or just keeping what you've got um Back in the days when the economy tanked, um, you, you know, okay, give us a, a three, five, ten percent reduction in your budget. There's a certain point there that there is no mm-hmm. cutting, or you know, there's no magic pot of money for most departments or every department. You know, there's mm-hmm. a number there that it's it's we just don't refill positions or hire. Right, and you saw a lot of that back in 2009, um, but you see chiefs that get tired. So back to my point is firefighters. If that fire chief does a good job, same thing you want, that chief could use that. You know, Absolutely. Hey, chief, good job. Thank you right. for, for doing that. And at the end of the day, yeah, our department may need to be here and we're trying to step there because you, you're not going to do things overnight. Local government, you're not going to solve problems overnight. Mm-hmm. But if you are moving in a good direction, be thankful. Um, cause at the end of the day, any little, uh, movement forward is better than movement backwards. Anytime, anything we're doing. And 
you will never understand until you're in those shoes how big of a fight that little change mm-hmm. might have been mm-hmm. uh, or just to maintain. So sometimes those uh, those words mean a lot. Trust me. Because uh, you could be, you don't know. And it's, it's like everything on, on your cruise. You don't know where uh, that person's head is, and one little uh, thing where you're you're just being positive may be exactly what they needed. No, uh, no, you know, definitely. Yeah, because I've heard folks. You know, when you're having a good day, you call somebody and tell them. You know, hope you're having a good day because they may need that. You're having a bad day, you call somebody. Right. Maybe the other person's having a good day, and you could get yourself back up. Same thing for Chiefs. We all, as people, uh, need that positivity. And, and so, um, you know, Chiefs need that as well. No, no, definitely. Because I can say back when I first started, um, well, I mean, I don't care. I'm going to mention names. Back when I started, we had Chief Green. And I'm telling you, I was deathly afraid of that man. It was like, <laughs> tiptoeing around them and then go do what I got to do. But as I evolve and as I grow and as I learn, it's like, you know what? He's no, whether it's chief green, chief Deaton, it doesn't matter what chief it is. You, you put your pants on the same way I do. You have the same feelings. I do. You bleed like I do. You are a man like I am. So, and that's one thing firefighters tend to forget is yeah, the troops on the ground. We want, whenever we want something, we want it now. We don't care how it's done. I don't know what fire chiefs do. And that's why I love getting fire chief on there to explain that way. Other listeners and other firefighters can understand. Oh, okay. They just don't sit in their desk all day and sign papers and, and on the telephone, there's so many behind the scenes things. You guys have so many meetings that you go to that. Yes, it is nice to whenever you do see your fire chief and he's doing right by you to say, Hey chief, thank you. And I always look at it as, you ask for something, the chief gets it for you, whether it's equipment, gear, shirts, hats. But in return, you got to show him why he's fighting for you. So what I mean by that is when you get on that fire ground, you get on that call, do the job to the best of your ability. Because nowadays when you pull up, everybody's got this a 720p, 1080p camera, and they're recording you. And if you look like crap, the fire chief's going to say in his mind, I'm sure, why am I going so hard when I'm not getting any of that reciprocation back? So I totally get where you're coming from. Right, right. It, it's and you know we all reflect the organization. Right. Yes, the fire chief's out front. You know we are leading and and guiding the organization, and we're we're the face of the organization. But behind us, the foundation is the firefighter. Your performance, uh, because good or bad, we're going to, have to answer for that. Mm-hmm. You, you know the mayor. The mayor is not going to call and say, I'm upset because there's a triple A, you know, triple A hose line on the truck. Right. They're going to call and say, you know, why were those guys standing around the house burning and there was not a drop of water coming out? Well, mm-hmm. we forgot to catch the hydrant on the way in. And guess what? We ran out of water. Okay. That's not going to go good. Right. Um, you know, so performance, doing the job, being ready to do the job physically, mentally, uh, trained, prepared, uh, you're performing for the organization and you're right. There's cameras everywhere. They are going to catch your performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad, whatever it may be. And you, know, the first phone call isn't going to go to the firefighter <laughs> that was standing there. That's, that missed that high. That's right. It's going to go to that fire chief and Hey man, uh, what's going on? And, um, 
you know, two things. You don't want the chief to be surprised, so hopefully he knows about it. So he can mm-hmm. formulate a, yep, we messed that one up. Uh, we've trained, <laughs> right. and we're going to fix that one. We've addressed it because we all have good days. We all have bad days. But right. you're doing a job because it all reflects on us. And uh, so you're right. You're right. And, um, you know, with Chiefs, um, I heard something from Vincent Dunn, uh, who's, you know, just a fire service legend. And if mm-hmm. you don't know who he, who he is, you need to – back up and punt but uh vince dunn kind of said something the other day that made a lot of sense in a podcast um if it's a if it's a a decision that really makes a lot of sense and it goes forward and it's flawless it's probably a common sense decision okay and then as us chiefs you know we kind of deal with some things and if it's stupid wonky or just kind of crazy it's probably a political decision think about that one and we probably won't need to expand on that but right. you know when things go sideways for chiefs i guarantee you they probably beat their head in the ground in a meeting somewhere and ultimately that's what they're going to have to do mm-hmm. um you know because it may be a political decision if it was something that we all agree you know a common sense decision you can kind of look at decisions as they come down a pipe it, the one of the two options and how they went uh that's probably how they were based. Yeah. A political decision. Cause it was just what we had to do or a common sense decision. Cause that's the right path to travel. Think about that. Uh, and when Dunn, chief Dunn said that, I was like, eh, makes a lot of sense, especially from the chief aspect uh, where we're given, sometimes we're given orders mm-hmm. and think about that. You know, we're given an order. Hey, here's what we need to do. Uh, I'd like for you to carry this out. Cool. Uh, you know, got a few questions and let's go down through this. Okay. Uh, you know, are we understanding this? Yes. All right. I, I still need you to carry this out. Right. Uh, so there's sometimes that it just is what it is. Uh, you know, like a budget decision. Hey, uh, hold the budget zero, no, no percent increase anything. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we're going to travel on. Yeah. But chief, we need this, this, and this. Absolutely. But you know, marching orders are, we're holding the budget at zero. Um, so it's, it's difficult sometimes and that's where uh, that pat on the back or just that. Um, you know, Cause here's the thing, man, what, what did Chiefs deal with all day? Problems. Problems. <laughs> Problems, meetings, yeah. phone calls. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, with problem solving, we'll make quite a few, I don't know, I don't know how many decisions a day we make, but just on basic stuff. And so every once in a while, it kind of helps your morale as a chief officer, uh, you know, for that little pat on the back or, or, you know, at the end of the day, when the, when the troops do good, oh man, that, that's a great feeling as well, because right. everything you've done to prepare them for that has paid off. Okay. All right. This leads me to my next question for you. Um, since you're a chief officer, do you believe communication amongst the ranks is a must for a department to be successful? Yeah, it, you know, so for a chief, you know, you've got to be present and transparent. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the must-haves nowadays. Uh, you've got to be able to communicate up, down, be able – be tough enough to receive – you know, here's the thing. I'm not peddling ice cream with sprinkles on top. You know, some things are not are not good, right. you know, that we've got to put out there. But we got to be able to communicate that and communicate the why behind it and, and explain it. You know, hey uh, – you know, I'd love to buy a new fire truck today, but, uh, you know, the, the wait is three years. So it, it, yeah. blah, 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 you know, here's what we got to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to be able to communicate and have 
good communication skills. And then two, um, and looking at this from a chief perspective to the firefighter, understand there's some things that are just out of the chief's control. Right. Um, at this point, you know, so understand that, not just, you know, I'm going to go in and clean the chief's desk off because we need this, this, and this. And I'm going to make sure he knows that. Cool, but he probably has that already figured out in his head, too, and just trying to figure out, okay, I need to buy X, Y, Z before I can buy A. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're upset and pissed off about A, and we just can't get there yet. And, right. you know, understand that, you know, just remember decisions, the two ways are made. But, um, you know, sometimes it just, just can't happen. Um, but know your bounds with that. You know, know that um, some things are just out of the control, but uh, be able to effectively communicate back and, and just don't give the, the you know, idle complaining. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I'm, I know we're on a podcast, so I guess I could say what the other word is. But, um, you know, don't just give that perspective of it. Say, hey, here, here's an issue. Here's a couple of things to think about, Chief. I'm just going to lay it on your plate. Thank you, man. Uh, I'll put it on the list. We'll get. We'll try to get to it. And in fairness, as a chief officer, be transparent. You know, hey, you got a great point, uh, but I've got three things in front of that that are more pro that have a priority. But mm -hmm. we'll try to get to that fourth, and hopefully, we'll get to it. You know, give a time frame or something. Hopefully, that people do that. Um, you know, where there's sort of the being present, being transparent to kind of hear those hear those things. And hopefully chiefs do that. Um, you know, there's just like anything, there's, 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 you know, leaders that lead and, and kind of listen and get feedback then ultimately make those decisions. Uh, and then sometimes it, it may not be the best of that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, chiefing is an interesting thing. There's only so many of the, of those chief officers out there. Um, and, you know, we all are, are human. We have our, our good points, our bad points. Mm -hmm. And you got to learn. It's just like communicating with anybody, you know, some like, like a marriage, but um, understanding each other and, and, and having a good relationship with each other goes, goes a long way. The other comment I'll make, you know, most chiefs, you know, like, I guess it's an old slogan, you know, my door is always open. Right. Um, I wouldn't, you know, if chiefs officers listen, you know, you know, go sit down, have a cup of coffee with the troops. Uh, you know, hey, how's it going? Uh, how's things? Because I'll be honest, uh, you know, as hard as I try, you still find out things that, why didn't y'all tell me that was broke? I'll fix it. Uh, yeah. You know, try to get out to the stations. And yeah. I will tell you, on the firefighter side, trust me, it is hard to get out to stations because you have meetings about meetings. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, and we try. Um, but, you know, hopefully chiefs get out and see the troops uh, run. And, and, you know, everybody loves running a call, so you know, get to see things there. But going back to that firehouse, drinking a cup of coffee is not a bad thing. Um, you know, it kind of lets you have some insight. You may find something out you may not want to hear. But <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, yeah. you'll be able to find some things out. And then, too, you know, and you said it earlier, you know, don't be afraid of things like that. And I know some chiefs are the big, scary chief. I got you. Um, you have know, had some of those in my career, but at the end of the day, uh, there are people too. And we all want the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. We want the organization to succeed. Um, so if it's a, a good thing and, and, and I had somebody ask me years ago in an interview, you know, what have you done lately for your organization? 
like have I complained? Is that helpful <laughs> or healthy? <laughs> right. Or have I right. yeah, or have I made a suggestion that, that helps the passion uh and helps us to move forward? Hey, you know, what if we do this? Man, I, nobody's ever thought of that, man. Awesome, awesome idea. Let's do this. You know, the other day, you know, I had one of our younger uh firefighters, hey, why don't we make a packet with some liquid IVs so when we get um you know, this, these things sort of hydrate us a lot better. So we got bottles of water, these look, these pouches, we can pour in the bottle of water, shake it up, gets us going a lot better, a lot better than Gatorade. Mm-hmm. No, no, no sponsorship there. Wow. Never thought of that. You know what? We're going to, we're going to name, we're going to name these pouches your name <laughs> when we check them off on the truck. Right. Uh, you know, you know, great idea. Thank you, man. Uh, let's get on Amazon. Let's order this up. Let's get it on the trucks. Um, so you never know when a good idea comes from somewhere that you know, we can make some things happen. Oh, all right. That's well said. Um, what are your ultimate goals if you haven't already achieved them? You know, at the end of the day, you, you want to make your organization better than what you found it. Um, at the end of the day, that that's what you got to do. Um, and that's kind of, you know, the places I've been in leadership, that's, that's what I've wanted to do. That's what we wanted to strive. The other thing, you know, I think is very key and, and something I wanted to bring up um, is make sure us chiefs, we, we talk to firefighters, but, but encourage them to be better as well, investing in our troops. And I think it even goes to mental health where chief officers need to say, it's okay not to be okay. And I've been in that boat too. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, just like you were talking about, you know, the chief officers sort of have that mystique about them. They've been there, done that kind of thing. And so I think it is help, helpful if we tell our troops, you know, I've not been okay. Even in my career, I've not been okay. And the folks around me didn't recognize that. That was mm-hmm. years ago. But uh, now that mental health awareness is more out there, I think us as chiefs need to be up front saying, I've not been okay. And I've sought and done some help and, and got myself better. And you're okay not to be okay, and we can get you that help. Right. And be open and be open with that. And, you know, not that we're growing our organization, but to grow the organization, you got to grow the people. And I think mental health, um, and I've, I've dealt with it uh, in my larger organizations, it's just it's, it's a big thing. Uh, in any organization, it's a big thing. But when you get more numbers of employees and you get three and four hundred employees, it, it's a, almost a constant thing mm-hmm. to the point, you know, where when I sit down and, and counsel the employees, you know, almost could tell you the employee assistance program hotline number uh, because, you know, I had said it so much. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, making things better than what you found them, you, you know, that's where you're leaving your mark on your organization and, and the career so that you know, when you retire, you can you know sit back in your easy chair and be really proud of of, of the, the the things that have been put in place that they are continuing on. Uh, and that's what you know, my ultimate goals are. You know, as, as cheesy as they may be, as old as that saying is, yeah, um, yeah. we all need to do it. And you know, part of the passion, and I know your podcast is based on that. You know, part of the passion is is learning, and that's the job, but it's also the history. And watching that grow. Right. Um, you think about back in the days where no thermal imaging camera, and, and that's foreign now because uh, thermal <laughs> thermal imaging cameras have been around so long. But, you know, how we used to search in a house for a fire versus now, you, know, you just look around a little bit. Boom, there it is. Let's go. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, how that's grown and in, in just in my short career and taking off to what it is now where, I mean, get them on an air pack now. Wow. Who knew? Yeah. Um, but you know, learning, learning the job, understanding the history and respecting that history, um, you know, so that the, or, you know, so that you move, as you're moving forward, you're, you're, you're kind of interested in how we got there. Right. Is what's been interesting to me. Right. No, I mean, you can't say any better. Leave the job better than you found it. That's the goal. That's pretty much the goal for everything is you want to come in, you want to affect change, positive change and do the best that you can until you hopefully, you know, have a successful retirement. So I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, that the one guy, and this was not a fire service person that asked me that question. What have you done for your organization lately? Okay. Yeah, because we yeah we were we were talking. It was like yeah, I got this class and I got that. Okay, cool. What have you done for your organization lately? Um, you know, was it positive or was it destructive or you know think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, take those words. You, you know, you you resting on on what you learned in the academy or what you learned in 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 school. Those were the basics. Um, very very basic. Right. You, you know, so are you resting on those or are you pushing yourself to um, be even better and, and get better. What have you done you know, lately? And, mm-hmm. and lately can be today uh, for the organization. No, absolutely. I mean, that's a different way of looking at it. I can say, what have you done lately? I worked yesterday, so totally get it. <laughs> um, in your opinion, what key elements or factors are needed to make a good firefighter regardless of rank? Good firefighter? Um yeah, obviously the, the the intangibles are. I don't you know if you say that, but you, know, you gotta have. You've got to love and have a passion for the job because it, it's brutal at times. Uh, but you know the elements are. You know you got to be a lifetime learner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it be the formal education, whether it be seeking out the certifications, um, you got to be a people person. I mean, we're in the people business. Um, you know, where. Hopefully you can talk to any person that you bump into. You know, some of the best firefighters or, or whomever, whatever their rank they may be, can probably strike up a conversation with about anybody. Think about empower, impactful that is, you know, out in the public, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, trying to deal with the public, you know, so being you know, open. But um, at the end of the day, you know, probably the last thing is you know being able to put others in front of self. Um, because of what we do, you know, none of us, and I was talking to a person that, um, kind of come out of the fire service, went, went private yesterday and, you know, none of us do this to get rich. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, right. it, yeah. I mean, we, we do okay, but we're probably all living paycheck to paycheck. We're probably all got a second job or third job. Uh, even chief officers, trust me, all of us, <laughs> you know, may at one point in time do, do some things on the site. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you're not going to do it for that. So you, you've got to be the person that can put others for self, you know, like, okay, we're sitting down to eat lunch. We get a call. Yeah. I'm about to starve, but I got to put others before self and be accepting of that. Right. And I think that's powerful that you've got to accept that's the profession we're in and it, it's easy on a fire. Okay. We're going to put ourselves in harm's way to take care of this citizen and their property. That's easy. Um, but it gets difficult long-term, more long-term you're in your career, that gets more difficult. 
Right. The five to ten five to ten year mark is where you sort of wake up one day and go, Wow, this may be a job. Uh, you know, how do I refresh myself to keep going and, and have that passion burning just like years one through five? Um, you know, ten to fifteen, it really gets interested in fifteen, twenty. Um, it, it it's kind of like a phase and then you know, people start turning to the other part of their career and, and you really got to change what motivates you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but those are kind of the things I've always looked at for a firefighter. Um, you know, lifetime learner, you know, wanting to learn more. You, you've got to be able to learn more. There, there's just too much coming at us nowadays. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of thinking I'm glad I'm on the downhill slide because of the things that are coming at us. Right. Um, that are just, you know, how are we going to solve that problem? It sounds like we can't solve that problem, you know, with um, some of the battery charging systems that we're going to be dealing with from here on out. Uh, I mean, it's just difficult tasks that we keep getting challenged with and we, we somehow figure out how to solve. Right. Um, people, person, talking, communicate uh, before self. And that, that kind of comes back to the firehouse, you, you know, where you're going to make sure your plate's off the kitchen table because you don't want somebody else to clean it up. Think about that one. Or still somebody else's jelly. Uh, no matter where <laughs> I've been, the stealing of the jelly is always the firehouse uh issue so right right (laughs) (laughs) um do you believe in order to affect change within your department you need to promote believe change to promote um what do you mean by that like promoting folk like promotional processes well so like so in your opinion do you believe in order to affect any change really you need to have rank to do that yeah definitely um no 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 i get what you're saying i think i get where you're going now in other words can the firefighter change something yes absolutely okay um and here's why and it you and i don't know the word to use for it but a little bit perspective but um Anyone can have a really great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be that um, in your academy there was something brought up as as small as uh, you know how to align a tool or, or or some new forcible entry or some new chain that you know needs to go on the chainsaw and and bringing that forth. Anyone can have that idea. Um, shouldn't take guts to put that idea out there um but just just try it does it work um you know try it in training and, and it worked okay is this something we need to do mm-hmm. um so no you do not need to have something on your collar um to see something and make a suggestion now uh will it get implemented who knows yes yeah, the culture of your fire department hopefully at least it would and, and trained on and figured out if it works or didn't work. Um, but make the suggestion. And there is, you know, change or, and, and it is on scope, you know, fire chief change is, is huge. It could be, you know, okay, we're going to go to the blue card incident management system, huge change for an organization. Maybe you've got a you know, fire department like Winston-Salem where they're blue carding and talk about a change of culture. That's been years trying to blue card because of so many people. Okay. Um so, you know, that's a huge scope versus, hey, um, 
how about we have a ventilation saw that we put this really bulky, you know, big chipper blade, you know, chain on, but we have a, a cheap little throwdown chainsaw so we cut trees with so we don't screw up our vent saw. Um, cool. All right. That's about what, $200. Okay. Let's figure that out. And whatever. Um, uh, and that may come from a firefighter, you know, so as firefighters, all you need to do is, is be, you know, problem statement and then a solution. Please do, don't do problem statement and the reasons why that sucks or complaints right. or blah, blah, right. man, people will shut you down. And mm -hmm. Chiefs will go, that's great, dude. That's like the 87th problem I've heard today. I'll put it on my list. Right. But if you say, hey, if we, you know, like in a chainsaw thing, that's the only thing I can come off my head with it. Hey, if we do this, we do that. Hey, that's not a bad idea because those chains I'm putting on there are $100, $200 chains. I really don't like messing them up. Mm -hmm. um, that's a no-brainer. I'll work that into the budget. Um, and we'll get those in about, you know, six months or so. Good idea. Thank you. Um, you, you know, so – Anyone can affect change, um, whether it be, um, you know, how you work out and getting everyone to work out. Maybe you've got that guy on the company that just don't want to work out. Um, maybe you go to him and say, hey, um, if we do this little thing, will you start with me? You know, if we'll just walk on the treadmill together, will you do that with me? Just mm -hmm. me and you, we'll go do it on the treadmill. Okay, I'll do that. Well, maybe two months later, y'all are now running. Maybe two months later after that, that guy's up to five miles and two months ago he was sitting on a stack of weights watching you work out. Right. You know, so little change like that is huge in the firefighter aspect versus, you know, the chief changes that we've got to make. But yes, please, you know, work to improve your organization. And you can do that by making simple little changes, suggestions, um, working with each other and your crew to make, you know, to do that. that that's mm -hmm. easy. Um, mm -hmm. all you got to do is be willing to put yourself out there just a little bit, um, and show basically informal leadership within your crew or, you know, doing some of those things. Those are the basic steps of, of leadership tools, to be honest. Okay. All right. Uh, in your opinion, what do you think the American fire service can improve on? I think funding. Um, oh yeah. American, especially nowadays. Yeah. Gosh. Oof. And, and, you know, I've never seen it like this where salaries are just, uh, man, they're, I remember when I started, my salary was $18,000. Now you, know, <laughs> you got to be, you know, 18,000 people would look at me like I got four heads, but you know, now starting average, you know, for, you know, kind of smaller departments, you're in the forties. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember when that was like big captain pay, <laughs> but right. you know, uh, funding, funding is going to be the issue. Now we were flushed with funding in the United States with ARPA funds, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that really could take care of some things. Um, but you know, a lot of organizations are run very much on a shoestring, um, very limited resources. Uh, and that's only going to get more expensive. Fire right. trucks are, are just outrageous. That's, that's, I, I still um, can't, um, fathom that. Right now. Yeah. 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 You're, you're not, you're a million dollars for a fire truck. It, you know, first fire truck I spec 1994, it, it was what, 180, 180 something. And now we're <laughs> 1 million something. Um, it's crazy. Uh, turnout gear. I remember just a few years ago, a couple mm -hmm. $2,000, you got an awesome set. Now it's $4,000. So, you know, did our funding keep up with that? <laughs> right. Probably not. And, right. And so, 
you know, that's the impact is, you, you know, letting the community know because you know the community expects us to be perfect every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't they don't realize that it's been 25 years since we replaced our hydraulic tools and now we're trying to cut stuff that we really can't cut. Uh, but they're expecting us to cut it either way. Right. And so, you know, that's, I think that's going to be the key. Um, you know, some of this federal funding, if it dries up, how bad off we would be, uh, you know, with some American Fire Act, Fire Act grants and stuff. But, yeah, I think that's going to be the key. You know, there's probably other things that are, that are going to be key to maybe workforce. Um, you know, this, this is crazy what I'm seeing now where I never dreamed that we would be doing sign-on bonuses in the fire service. Um, ain't that something right and so many departments are doing lateral departments that have never done that in their entire (laughs) existence are doing lateral transfers yeah and we're stealing from each other and yeah what's what's the impact because the smaller departments are going to get exactly up yeah uh you know the larger departments are are trying their best to to keep up and Mm -hmm. so it's just a it's vicious and then here again it goes back to okay how do we pay more to keep up with the big guys? Well, I need funding. And yeah. so, uh, you know, we've got some struggles and, you know, talking about trying to be creative, um, you know, the chief spending, you know, like yesterday, I mean, literally uh, spent a lot of time being creative on some budget salary compensation stuff, trying to make it work, mm-hmm. you know, so that, you know, we're taking care of our folks, but um, it's, it's, it's challenging. Um, and I don't know anyone to say it short better than that, but it's going to be challenging. They're there. I have never seen in my career. And it was interesting during the pandemic. I had a, a chief friend who, who was chief of a large organization called me up because his consulting company had done, had you know, done some pandemic plans. And, and he called me and says, Hey, I know you're heavily involved in managing a, a county through this pandemic thing and county fire resources and EMS and all that. You know, how's the plans going? I was mm-hmm. like, dude, two weeks in, man, we threw those plans in the trash. Uh, they're not working. Uh, and and from there on, you know, our you know, logistics uh, supply chain was interrupted. Who who knew we'd have never found rubber gloves? Right you know, on the EMS side, they couldn't find saline or at one time alcohol prep pads mm-hmm. <laughs> to start IV with. You know who would knew who would know that we would be dealing with that stuff? And now today. Yeah. Okay. I got to wait three years on a fire truck. Okay. I wreck a fire truck. What am I going to do? Exactly. Um, okay. Now I have labor workforce issues, recruitment issues, retention issues. Yeah. We kind of seen the volunteerism going away, but who knew career would go away. Right. Um, you know, so the, the things that we're having to deal with are, are huge challenges that, you know, unfortunately, Every single thing can be fixed with one thing, and it's called money. Money, and uh, <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. that's hard to come by. And and like I said, you know, I've been at those budget meetings where, you know, hey, um, you know, do you want a fire truck or do you want the employees to have a raise? Hmm. Well, I guess we'll keep driving an old fire truck. No problem. Uh, right. You know, that's right. some of the challenges chiefs <laughs> have, and uh, I think. And here's the other thing. Folks are wanting to be chiefs because of these challenges. You know, some of these challenges are insurmountable. They're 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 not fixable within your control. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, so it, it gets to be challenging where, you know, is the headache, frustration. And that's why I go back to the chief saying I'm tired. Those frustrations and challenges will wear on you. Uh, think about the president of the United States. They, they've always talked about how the four years age, age that person. Mm-hmm. If you, if you look at, if you look at everybody that went in before and after, president, yep. Before, yep. <laughs> same thing with fire chief and you're carrying the weight of the organization. You don't want for folks to get hurt. Uh, you don't want that, you know, no one you know, to deal with that LODD. Right. Uh, that is the, the nightmare of nightmares. Um, and you know, how those, how the stress of those things, the budgeting, getting the firefighters, what they need, that stress level is huge. And, and that's where you hear that chief saying, yeah, I'm tired, uh, of fighting that good fight. And, and it's time for me to, it's time for me next chapter of my life and, 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 move on uh but yeah there's huge obstacles in front of like everyone but it's funny about the fire service you you know during covid you know everybody worked from home you know fire service yeah we work from home all right it's called the fire station (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, you know us yeah public you know the nurses and everyone you know telecommunicators Mm -hmm. uh yeah and i do gotta put a plug in for them big big those folks man you talk about getting hammered um before you complain, go sit in a 911 center and listen to a few 911 calls, and you'll never complain again, <laughs> uh, especially chief officers. I mean, it's so easy to squeeze that microphone and want to give give it back, you know, sometimes. Uh, but, oh, man, uh, the, my buddies that are telecommunicators, that, that's tough, tough gig there. Uh, but anywho, um, uh, it, it's amazing, you know, how fragile our really our system is. And, and right. you know, as a chief, you know, the times that you get worn down by trying to keep the system as strong as you can. No, no, I, I totally agree. I had an interview a while back uh, with a uh, he, he he's a officer, but true 100 percent volunteer organization. He's not a career fireman. He actually works a full time career job. And we got to talking and as a captain, you know, some of his struggles were the age of his apparatus. He's like, dude, we can't like the county he lives in. They have enough money that they have to split between a certain number of stations. So he was telling me with the prices of apparatus now, he's like, how can we afford to do that? You know, it's between apparatus, gear, uh, keeping up the station maintenance it's it, it is it is crazy and i feel like us being the greatest country in the world like we really need to <laughs> look at public safety because we are important we have to have public safety so um yeah i it, it totally hits home and the, the with pricing every you know you, you talk to an apparatus rep and then they're like hey uh if you don't order this in like uh, a month uh in two more weeks, it's going up another 20%. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. So my hat's off to you because um, I- I'm trying to get more chiefs because, as I stated before, it's easy for the firefighters to gripe like, hey, when was the last time you seen the chief? Oh, I don't know. Yep, we don't see him. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do this, that, and the other. We really <laughs> yeah. don't know. And that's the problem. We don't – most firemen – some firemen might understand, but a majority that like to gripe just don't know what exactly you you guys and gals have to deal with on a daily basis. I mean, my wife works from home, 
but she literally has meetings about the meeting about the meeting. And I'm like, <laughs> how productive is that? Like, that's just a waste of time. So coming from me, thank you for all that you do within your organization. And anyone listening out there, whenever you do see your fire chief, him or her, just say thanks. Because most of the time, they're trying to get you the best equipment, the best apparatus. Uh, they're trying to keep you safe. They're trying to give you your raises. So just take what you can get and stop the griping. It's just, it, it's negativity and the department doesn't need that. So I just want to say thank you for all you do, Chief. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And it well said. I, I appreciate that. It's, uh, and I, I didn't get it either. I mean, you know, he's, you know, firemen, they, you're thinking about one or two things and that's getting on the truck and, and going woo, woo, woo. <laughs> uh, but to, to make that truck go woo, 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 man, there are, Right. Meetings about meetings and, and meetings that should have been an email. <laughs> right. Is what, we, is what I say now. Right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you very much. And and you know, keep, keep some things. Keep, it's a perspective. You never know, you know, until you walk in their boots, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. uh, of the stress that, that really you don't think about until that's your job to think about it. Right. And so it, it's it, and it's neat. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy what I do. I've enjoyed the, the all the all the ranks that I've ever held. Right. Uh, and, and, I, and I picked earlier before we come on, you know, fire marshalling was probably the toughest job I've ever done politically. Um, but there are some there's some other stresses as fire chief because the, the buck stops with you. The decision stop with you. Mm -hmm. Um when Joe Fireman backs into a whatever a fence or whatever, guess what? You know that stops with you too. About you know, okay, I gotta go talk to that property owner. Hey, sorry, my guy backed over your fence, but uh, let's make this right. You know, so you gotta right. take that blunt. Uh, right. Now, I, now I'll drag that fireman with me, so both of us get fussed at. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you broke it, pal. You're gonna you're gonna help me here, but uh, right. no, it's all part of it, and. Uh, at the end of the day, just keep in mind, the chief, you know, he didn't want to buy you the cheapest thing. You know, he's mm -hmm. buying you what what budget he has to buy. So, mm -hmm. but no, thank you for the kind words. Yes, yes, and thank you for coming on, taking uh, taking the time. I'm sure out of your busy schedule to do this, I, I appreciate it. And um, yes, hopefully we can talk some more. But um, I just want to say thank you, thank you for all you do, thank you, chiefs out there for all that you do for your departments. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Chief. Yes, sir. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.